is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot to talk about. Your calls, of course, are the primary element if you make them at 800-259-9231. So we'll start things out here tonight. Quick update for those of you that uh, tuned in last night. You heard us talking quite a bit about the marijuana, uh, the civil disobedience 420 celebration that went on in Keene, New Hampshire. It's been covered across the state. I hope that eventually it breaks out into national news. I don't know if it has done that yet. I certainly haven't gotten wind of it. If you guys uh, hear something, feel free to give me a heads up. But we had over 100 people yesterday in the town square, which is actually a circle. We had over 100 people that were participating in this 420 celebration. How many of them actually smoked cannabis? I don't know, but it was uh, definitely being part. uh, There was some partaking going on for sure. And it's been a daily event that started this week. Some of the free staters that have moved here, the uh, liberty activists that have moved here from around the country in order to get active and achieve liberty in our lifetime, they got this thing rolling. And other normal keniacs that are not liberty activists showed up, and uh, and the numbers just kept growing and growing. And again, it hit over about a hundred yesterday. Today, I thought, I thought maybe it's going to peter off. You know, uh, yeah. There's a lot of news attention here, and the cops were there, and. Uh, how can you keep up 100 people? Maybe that was the peak. Maybe that was it. Maybe. Well, I didn't actually. I slept through an alarm, so I didn't actually make it out for 420, but I came out later on. And according to the folks that were there today, there were 120 people uh, that uh, that came out today. So even if it wasn't 120, we definitely kept it at a similar level as it as it was yesterday. And so great news. And the cops, again, did not arrest any of the participants. There was an arrest made. And it sounded like when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, no. But what had actually had happened was the television station from Manchester was there covering the event live, if you can believe it. They actually apparently interrupted their programming because who's doing a news program at 420? I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know what the Oprah, actual right? content. Yeah, I don't know what's on at 420, but it's not the local news. I can tell you that. Um, so apparently they went with a live shot with their satellite truck. From the 420 uh, celebration, and the police were watching it. They spotted somebody that they had a warrant out for, showed up, went into the park this time, because yesterday they just stood around the outside edge of the park. So they went into the 420 celebration. I don't know how much cannabis was being smoked at that time. I wasn't there for this. But they arrested the guy who they had the warrant for, who apparently, from what I heard, some of the people that were with him said that it was probably a good thing he got arrested. Not not apparently a, a fairly pleasant guy. So okay. We're not sure what the warrant was for, but they walked into the 420 thing, arrested this guy, and went away. So they left all the cannabis um, smokers alone, apparently. So Free Talk Live legalizes marijuana in Keene, New Hampshire. I was Is not that behind the title? this. I was not well, behind well, this. Well, come on. I mean, the, the, you said the Liberty Activists. Why are the Liberty act- Activists here? Free Talk Live has been a factor in, in bringing people here. A large factor in bringing we, people to Keene, New Hampshire? Well, now, if there weren't all the wonderful activists here doing their activism, there wouldn't be as many people here. Because uh, it's sure. the activism that's bringing people Absolutely. here. We're talking about the activism on but this show. But Christopher Columbus gets the credit for discovering America. He didn't build the Empire State Building. Well, he I'm didn't take someone to the moon. This. I'm not going to take credit Just for Just saying. It's a, it's a fantasy of mine. It's come true. It's better than I that, thought that it would be. That much is obvious. Uh, I love it. It's so great. And every day they're going out there into the pub- into public and partaking in uh, in cannabis smoking, which is just fantastic. 
and uh, hopefully it'll continue to grow. I think eventually it's going to have to peter off because it's going to get cold. And when it gets cold, I don't know about you, but I would not want to be taking my fingers out of the gloves to uh, to hold a joint with. Yeah. Uh, so I think eventually I suggested to, to one of the guys, if you want to call him an organizer, I guess, I suggested that maybe if it gets once it gets too cold to just call it off and then maybe have it uh, sort of relaunch on April 20th. That seems like the the, the, the smartest thing. Yeah, like an official uh, Big Bash re, uh, restarted up for 2010 on 420, April 20th at 420 in the afternoon. So lots of uh, fun ha- being had here in New Hampshire. Oh, and word is the Manchester uh, people are going to start this up on Monday. So it may be spreading. And a big mic. Competition's good for everyone. Yep. One of the, uh, the, the, the activists who's really kind of getting the civil disobedience rolling out in uh, the Manchester area is the one that's uh, behind getting this going uh, as well. So it looks like the 420 celebrations will be spreading across New Hampshire, at the very least from Keene to uh, Manchester. I know there's some folks up in Concord that are talking about doing this as well. And there's a lot of talk online. If you go and you look at uh, Dig or you go at uh, Reddit, I think is another one of the sites where this has been promoted, some of these social networking websites, some of the comments say stuff, we should do this nationwide. That's a great idea. And I say, right on, but I don't expect much because it takes somebody to step forward and say, Let's move ahead with this. Let's do this. Here, I'm going to go here and do this. I hope you'll come with me. So, for instance, Big Mike out in Manchester said he's going to be the first one to light up. That's It takes somebody to be that person. And so if we had more people like that across the country, I think it would be great. But the reason I'm here well, in New Hampshire is because those people weren't where I was. Okay, um, I disagree. I, I am of the opinion that as far as liberty activists go, uh, activism goes, New Hampshire is the place to be. However, yeah. marijuana activism is not liberty activism. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Um, it Anything is marijuana that promotes activism. liberty is liberty activism. Fine. It's not promoting liberty. It's promoting the smoking marijuana, and that's fine. It's promoting the freedom to Look, own yourself. Man, let me finish what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to correct you when you're wrong. You're I am wrong. not wrong, and you'll see. There are plenty of people that just care about the freedom to smoke marijuana, and that's not really liberty activism. something entirely different. It goes on all over the United States, all over the world. They have these kind of events in different places. Also, you don't need somebody to step forward and say, I'll smoke the first joint. You just need somebody to light up something that looks like a joint. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what was going on here, too. So anybody can do this anywhere, and they don't even have to take any real risk. They can call it a 420 activity. You don't think there's risk? Not if you smoke a, a, a bugler. You could still get arrested. Um, okay. They'd look, the cops would look kind of silly. They might look silly unless they falsify some evidence. Yeah, they could. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, some cops in some places. I don't know if it would happen here. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. I hope it doesn't. You're not taking near the risk if you just You're lessening your risk, that's for sure. But anytime you stand out and you uh, go up against the system, if you will, with your actions, you're, you're taking risk. And again, if this was something that I hope that I'm wrong, I hope that uh, these 420 celebrations start popping up all over the country, Me and it's too. just and it's more than just a bunch of hopeful discussion on the internet at this point. But I don't, I can't say I expect it. And I disagree with you, Mark. These these are the, the people that are engaging in solely marijuana related activism. Sure, they are not liberty activists, but the uh, the actions of working toward decriminalization of marijuana is in point of fact, liberty activism, because you're promoting the liberty to uh, your own personal freedom to own yourself. That's what that issue. That's what the issue is. Sure, but it's if you're just looking thing. at one particular issue, you're not. You're not. Uh, you're, you're. You're. You're not just striking at a branch. You're striking at the twig. Okay. I understand that, you're not Mark. Hacking at the root. 
Well, well okay. I, I get you there. Um, but, th- I mean, you can make that same critique for everybody that's doing anything in politics. Hey, you're not hacking at the root. You're asking for, a, you know, a, a reduction in the gun control laws. Or you're not hacking at the root. You're So that's just a general statement but that's true across the board. if people stand for liberty, as far as I'm concerned, if somebody stands for liberty, they're doing liberty activism. Somebody stands for marijuana legalization, they're not really doing liberty activism. They mm. may be on the same side as a liberty activist and want... I'm oh, not calling oh, them a liberty activist. That's what you were calling it. Well, no, I think it... it on its own, is of course liberty activism, because it's promoting freedom. It's promoting one aspect of freedom. Your liberty activism cannot, in all cases, promote true freedom on every single issue. I agree. Okay. I'm just saying that you're making it seem like, oh, well, you're going to get some people smoke pot in, in Central Squares all over the United States, and we're going to be free. You're not. It has nothing to do with that. I said we're going to be free. When did I say we were going to be no, free if people smoke pot? The what fact, are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about what you were just talking about. The, the, you know, you're saying that this can't be done elsewhere. That you know, that's not liberty activism. You don't need liberty done. activists to do this. You All you need is somebody, somebody with a pair. I didn't say and you needed you, they liberty activists. They don't need to even know about what a libertarian is. I didn't is. say you need liberty activists. You're making activists. it seem like that, and you're not, and it's not. I said you need You're somebody, all Mark. I said you need somebody who's willing to take the lead. That's You're all I said. Saying that has to be done in New Hampshire. It's not. It doesn't have to be done. I it's didn't done say all it over. has to be done in New Hampshire. You said it was likely you to be done. You are putting words in my mouth. I am not. I said that that if Whatever. there were people out there that were willing to take that kind of risk and st- and start up something like going on in New Hampshire, then I wouldn't be here in New Hampshire because this stuff would be going on all over the country. But it's not. A bunch of talkers. Prove me wrong. You start your own. Prove me wrong. Gun day, gun day, gun day. Three days to exercise your Second Amendment rights for only $10 per person. October 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is fun for the whole family. With machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and over 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m. Call 502-922-4457 or visit KnobCreekRange.com. That's K-N-O-B CreekRange.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the, of the website for your downloading convenience. You can see them at freetalklive.com. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Dot com And we invite you to take the StartPage.com 7-Day Challenge. For 7 days, use StartPage.com instead of your Big Brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your searches. Start the 7-Day Challenge today at StartPage.com. I've been using it for the last, uh, well, I started, I started yesterday. I downloaded everything, and um, so I'm, I'm on my first day of my 7-Day Challenge, and it's, it, it works fine for me. It's great. We continue on with your phone calls here. Scott is in Wisconsin. Uh, you can bring up anything. Scott, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, how you doing there, Mark and Ian? Couldn't how be better, doing, Scott. Um, what's on your mind? Go ahead. Well, um... And by the way, Scott, it's Ian, just to I, point out. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I heard, uh, didn't pay too much to what you had going on up there, but I did uh, find a lot over what was going on in Pittsburgh. Um, oh, the, the, the protests. Yes, and I saw footage on YouTube. Uh, Jason Burmis from Alex Jones had his cameras down there, mm. and these people were protesting really 
perspective. I mean, there was a couple of guys that threw things, but they uh, went down there shooting pepper spray at them and all this stuff. And it wasn't like these guys were being violent in the beginning, mm-hmm. but once they were started shooting them with this stuff, they went up on uh, another part of town and I guess they smashed some windows and stores. But I heard last night again out in Oakland, they had a big march out there. Um, I guess I don't know uh, too much about what happened out there, but they were saying there was a little bit of radicalism going out there. So I just wanted you guys to comment on that situation with those two marches yesterday or if you were even aware of them. Yeah, we did hear about it. We just uh, didn't get around to discussing it last night. I thank you for the call tonight. In fact, I had it in my show prep. Uh, I mentioned it, but we didn't get around to it. They brought out the sound gun. Remember hearing about it when they were coming? They were talking about how we're gonna. The military has this sound technology, and that they were gonna bring it over to Afghanistan and Iraq and use it to control the insurgents. Yes. Well, it's in American streets. They're well, of using, course it is. It's, they're uh, using it against Americans now, and, uh, and non-lethal weapon. You could expect them to use it. Right. Uh, so, and and we know that these cops have a real penchant for hurting people. Um, not all cops, but certainly the ones that uh, get their rocks off at dealing with protesters. They, remember from the was one of the conventions back in 2008, the cops actually had a shirt made up. T- uh, the union had a T-shirt made up saying that uh, showed a picture of a cop with a billy club, yeah. kind of patting his hand with it, a big smile on his face, and the uh, the text read something like, "We get up early to beat the crowds." Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that was kind that. of a cute little pun there. Yeah. And on beating people. Right, sticks. about hurting people. So we know what their intentions are. And we've seen videos over the years of various different protests where there was a lady in Miami, for instance, that had the red, uh, the, the lawyer that was in Miami that just picked up a sign and joined a protest. She, yeah. she was just there. And she joined in, and the cops shot her. And then later on, we saw the footage where the cops were having their little powwow session afterwards, and they, they were laughing about it. They thought it was funny. Well, they shot her with a rubber bullet, I'd like to Correct. make that clear. Yeah. In the head. Yeah. He shot her in the head. Right off the forehead. It was amazing. Uh, yep. Took her right down. And Crazy. It was awful, and they were laughing about it, you know, because it's funny to them, because they're, they're sadists, these people. And I'm not talking about all of them, just the ones I'm talking about, which are the ones that get off on this. And so those sadistic same people in Pittsburgh have been doing it again. In the case of uh, what's going on in Pittsburgh, and I haven't seen all the footage, because I imagine there's a lot of it out there, but I did see some of it. In the case of what's going on there, sure, you're dealing with some unruly folks. You're dealing with uh, people that call themselves anarchists. I don't know whether they really are or not. That's another question. I, I've never heard any of them call themselves anarchists. They, uh, they carry around signs and have the circle with the A. Fine. So uh, so you've got these people that are in the streets. They're rioting. They're not rioting. They're, uh, they're protesting about whatever it is they're protesting, the G20 summit, which is some sort of meeting of a bunch of bigwigs uh, in the political world. And so they, uh, you know, they're doing their protest thing, and the cops just don't like protesters. So they decided to roll up with their their trucks and their tanks. They pulled out this sound weapon, which I heard something. I I don't know if it was the actual sound weapon. It it may not be something that you can hear with a video camera, but there was something awfully piercing sounding that that I heard on this video footage that I saw. Was it was bad for me listening to it with headphones on? I imagine it was absolutely horrifying for anybody that was was actually standing in the the road at which they were pointing it down. Well, it would have to be horrifying. I mean, otherwise it wouldn't yeah. work, right? Well, again, I don't know if that's what it 
the sound gun sounds like. Maybe that was just a, a siren they were using or something like that. So I, I'm, I'm speculating because I wasn't there. Just have to go on what the video footage shows. But these uh, these cops, they get off on getting you to obey. So what they do is they uh, you know they set up a blockade and they say they won't, they go over the loudspeaker and they have this pre prepared statement that they read out that says. By order of the Pittsburgh police, you must remove yourself from this area. And it doesn't matter your reason for being here. So it doesn't matter if you happen to be on that street uh, to do some business, you know, go on a sales call or have a meeting or, you know, buy something for dinner. It doesn't matter what your business is. The police have said you need to leave. So you need to leave. So uh, you have to leave or else they're going to put, you know, throw tear gas at you and shoot you with sound rays, which is exactly what they've been doing. I imagine the billy clubs have come out a few times. Again, I haven't seen all the footage yet. And what do you say about that? I mean, it's it's happening again and again. And you can expect it to happen on into the future because, well, the cops are tyrannical. The protesters are responding with uh, not as much violence as the police, certainly. But the protesters are responding, and it's all just well, kind of amping some up. Some of the protesters are, and you see, that's really the that's really the issue, you know. That <laughs> some of them are ruining it for the rest. You mean like you know, one violent guy is the excuse for the police to tear gas the entire crowd, basically, right? right? Sure. And in fact, one guy throws a bottle. Right, and we throw back tear gas. And we've seen stories in which the uh, guy who throws the bottle is a cop. We've seen those More stories. Than one. It's not always going to be the case, but in many cases, the agitators in a group of protesters that are mostly peaceful, the agitators are likely to be plants. They're likely to be people who the cops sent in undercover to stir it up, to encourage violence. Because in many cases, these folks are pretty peaceful people. They're just out carrying signs and doing their chanting. I think it's silly, personally, to chant, but that's what they do. And so they're out there doing their protesting. What is, else is there to do when you're t- uh, and protesting, though? Right. There's probably some guy in there saying, hey, let's throw some bottles at those cops. Hey, let's uh, let's wheel this dumpster down the streets, what they did in one of the videos I Not saw. Not until after they'd been gassed. That's true. That's true. But uh, so you never know who you're dealing with. In many cases, the uh, the agent's provocateur will uh, it, sometimes they'll get caught. Sometimes they'll be out and the cops look bad. But that's all. They just look bad. <laughs> Nothing's ever done about it. You ever heard of any of the stories where the agents provocateur have been uh, essentially revealed Tried. and punished? No. 800-259-9231. I mean, I could go down the details here on, on what's been going on, but it's the same old story. Protesters, cops, cops hurt protesters, cops gas protesters, cops arrest protesters, and we all keep paying taxes to support it. Right? Well... Better go to jail, right? Well, yeah, I don't pay the feds, but uh, and luckily the local boys here aren't doing this to uh, the people in the the 420 celebrations. They're ignoring them, which thank goodness. I yeah. tell you what, king king cops are a cut above. I agree with you. I really do. All right, more on the way here. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. Bring up anything. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the uh, features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video proving that they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See for yourself. It's the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show. It's October the 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person, knobcreekrange.com. That's K-N-O-B, creekrange.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. It's Scott in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hello. Scott, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, last couple of nights you've been talking about uh, the drug de- decriminalization and sort of issues with that and, and talking about different terms. And I think the term that you want to use is you want to repeal prohibition because legalization and decriminalization can both imply making new laws, whereas repealing prohibition means to repeal the laws, get them off the books, so there's no laws about them at all. Okay, I like that. Re- yeah. To repeal prohibition. Very good. Re-legalize. That's, that's, that's what I've been, the term I've been using for a while. I met a guy who's sort of a, 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 a drug advocate, or marijuana, uh, he was involved in some politics in marijuana, uh, legalization, and he said that's, he realized that's the thing he wants to do, is repeal prohibition, and get rid of the laws, and that might be the thing to... The term to use, possibly. Yeah, because I certainly don't want to advocate for creating new laws in any way, shape, or form. I just want the existing prohibition to go away, and that's it, and that's all. And then it'll be a free market product. I agree. Excellent, Scott. Any other thoughts for us tonight? That's it. Have a good night. Thanks for your call. Let's talk to Greg in Ohio, listening to WCER. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you doing this evening? Just super, Greg. What's on your mind tonight? Um, my biggest gig is the Second Amendment and okay. how our government has violated our rights by instituting so many laws that prohibit people from having firearms. I don't consider what, them my government, but I see where you're coming from, and I, I share your concerns. You're, go ahead, continue. But anyhow, uh, most people don't understand that. You know, back in the early days, you know, if you committed a crime, you know, say per se, like like rob the bank. And you went to jail on that. Well, the first thing they took was your gun away. And then when you did your time, the first thing they gave you back was your gun. And if in the commission of a crime, you killed somebody, well, you couldn't extend your hand out anymore in order to be able to acquire that gun. You mean because they cut your hand off? No, they probably... Well, no, no, not quite. You (laughs) You had no motor skills whatsoever. You've been killed. You mean like eye for an eye, that kind of thing? That's right. If you if you murdered somebody in the commission of your crime, your life was forfeit. Hmm. But anyhow, now wait a minute. What if what if a hold a point of information? What if you actually didn't commit the murder? What if uh, you were found guilty but you didn't commit the crime? Well, if you were, I understand. We we live in a flawed society, anyhow, and there are always going to be mistakes. But the thing is, is we have to have. You know, if you have two or three witnesses saying yes, he pulled the trigger. What are you going to do? Well, you know? I wish that it was that easy. Um, now, I, I, we've turned this from a, uh, a Second Amendment issue, which I'm all for people being able to, you know, they have the right to, to bear arms in any way, way they wish. Right. In fact, you've got a story we're going to get to here about to, Toronto that's pretty outrageous. Yeah, to, to a, uh, a capital punishment uh, issue. But, 
you know, um, would you like to take a guess at how many people have been released from death row since 1971 when they... Well, uh, I, I could imagine there's quite a few, but the thing is, the, the whole point is, is our government's become so corrupt that the police departments, the, uh, the, the prosecutors, uh, the judges, we're no longer operating under civil law anymore. We're under commercial law. I've heard this. And the thing is, is under commercial law, well, if you stub your toe against a uh, um, an endangered species frog and kill the frog, well, you, <laughs> you're going to jail for a long time. And that's ridiculous. You know, that's stupid. You know, it puts, puts the frog over the person. I, I can't disagree with you there. Um, I'm of the opinion. I'm the, of this opinion on capital punishment. I um, I don't feel so bad when somebody who's done a terrible, terrible thing, um, like some some so many of the people on death row have done, um, gets killed. That doesn't make me feel terrible. However, I'm of the opinion that the government uh, that, that the government shouldn't be killing innocent civilians, innocent citizens, right. and they're not very good at anything they do. So they're likely to kill innocent um, citizens, and therefore I can't support the death penalty. How do you feel about you know, that? I, I have to, it, to a point, I have to agree. But we also need, if you've got two or three people sitting back and saying, "Hey, you know, I saw him kill them," you know, and the, the other the, uh, the other side of that issue that the really aggravates the heck out of me is if a prosecutor has evidence to exonerate somebody, and he doesn't present that, I think the prosecutor should be held uh, liable. For that person's uh, death, if he is ever executed, or uh, criminally uh, uh, liable, if uh, this guy spends some time in jail. So let's go back they to the gun issue. That. I agree with that. Let's let's go back around to the gun issue because uh, you'd originally called to express your concern with the ever increasing amount of regulations control uh, being placed on gun owners. And we're gonna there's an absolutely shocking story from uh, Toronto that we'll share with you here in a moment. But uh, what if? And I'm presuming you own some gu- some firearms. What if they uh, go ahead and pass a, a ban, a national ban on firearms that you've got to turn in your uh, your guns? What will you do? What? Well, what would I do? Yeah. I, I'd tell them to kiss my foot. There you go. All right, that's good. Good to know. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're not allowed to do that per the Second Amendment. The well, you know, they, the they'll do whatever they want. Well, so, supposedly, but they're doing whatever they want in Chicago right. and um, That's why I'm DC. recommending everybody to start buying firearms to, to, to get as much ammo as possible. There's, how many – do you guys actually know uh, the other position that Obama currently holds with the United Nations? No, I've what's that? Never heard this. He's he's now president of the uh, United Nations Security Council. Okay. So now, if if something happens and there's an uprising in the United States, guess what happens? UN he's troops. Second, he brings in troops from China, Russia, Czechoslovakia, all over the planet. It would make sense, right? Up. Because the U.S. military is already all over the planet. So how could they be here too? Because the, right. the U.S. military is strung pretty thin at the moment. That's right. Exactly. It's Our either, boys would not be able to protect us. Well, it's either – I don't consider them my boys, but uh, you know, it's either uh, bring in troops from around the world or in, reinstate a draft. It's one of the two. I'd like to tell you well, about what went on in Biloxi, Mississippi um, and uh, in, the, with her, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. You mean that, our boys in Biloxi, yeah, Mississippi? Our, our boys, the National Guard, were uh, going around confiscating weapons uh, during that mm-hmm. disaster because right. – uh, you know. The, the 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 government people were getting shot at, um, and 
they when uh, when asked by the TV reporter, one of these uh, you know little pimply faced young boy uh, who, who was asked, well, what are you going to do if you come across somebody who doesn't want to give up their weapon? And he was basically like, I don't want to shoot on an American, but hell, if my sergeant says shoot, I guess I have to. Yeah, he violates his oath. Yeah, well, your your boys are going to shoot you, okay? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Those are not my boys. That's why I'm trying to teach these guys. Oh, uh, Oathkeepers.org is a good website yes. for a lot of these people to go to. Absolutely. And, you know, but I th- I kind of feel like Oathkeepers, uh, the, 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 even the ideas of these things almost are for guys have been in for a little while. You know, when a guy gets gets a, goes through basic training, gets a rifle stuck in his hand I, at 18 years old, it doesn't seem like they're ready for the ideas of freedom and liberty. They, you Why know, not? Why is that too early for it, them? I'm just, it, it doesn't seem like they, they have reached those points. I'm for it. I, I want was ready them to for be liberty taught at 18. Yeah, I want them to be taught it, but, you know, they're not getting those that message. They're not yeah, getting they're, it from the military. They're not even taught that in school anymore. No, certainly not. Hey, thanks for the thoughts tonight. Uh, we certainly appreciate hearing from you, Greg, at 800-259-9231. 400 guns confiscated in the city of Toronto alone? Did I understand you correctly when you told me that before the show, Mark? Yep, that's correct, from uh, ctv.ca. Wow. Yep, uh, Toronto police seizure uh, seized 400 guns in Safe City Project. <laughs> the latest... Now, I, here's, there's a line in here that I do not understand, Ian, and I want you to try to listen to the rest of it and see if you can figure this out, because it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'll do my best in a moment here. 800-259-9231. Gun confiscations happening in Canada. You know, I, I always heard that Canada had pretty good gun laws, but apparently that's not the not case. Not pistols. No, it, it used to be. But rifles is, I, is what I heard. So it's pistols that they're taking from people? That, that there's all kinds of right stuff. I've got pictures here. Whatever it is, it's not good. We'll share it with you here, the details, and take your calls about what you want maybe you're in toronto and you can comment on this it's free talk live on free talk live we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation well now we've teamed up with midas resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces the walking liberty half is a fantastic coin for the beginner investor and those who want usable silver should a monetary collapse occur This coin is widely accepted as one of the most beautiful ever made. It served our grandparents for more than 40 years, and you can get them for $8.69. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, some of the footage from yesterday's 420 celebration here in Keene is available at freekeen.com for those of you that haven't seen any footage yet from it. It is there uh, as you scroll down a little bit as well as several news articles that have covered it. And uh, we'll continue taking your phone calls here in a moment. But, Mark, you just barely begun the story from Canada, Toronto, where they've confiscated 400 firearms. We'll fill you in on the details there in a moment. Free Talk Live has teamed up with MS Press to offer you the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. We've talked about Spooner on this program before. He is a hero. He's a civil disobedience hero from back in the 1800s. This is a man who set up his own postal service, his own private mail service, to compete uh, illegally, I might add, 
with uh, the Postal Service. And they, you know, of course, went after him and shut him down. But nonetheless, he was heroic in that way. And he's got some really great, uh, very principled, liberty-oriented writings. And until now... They haven't been available in a complete form. They are now. And if you're interested in buying this very rare set of books, you already know who Spooner is, of course. You can purchase his 2,800-page, uh, six-volume set, bound in library-quality hardcover, delivered to your door for just $335. Go to spooner.freetalklive.com. The webpage apparently has the price wrong there, but uh, we're telling you it's $335. Yeah, all you have to do is send a check for $335. Spooner freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, Mark, you're telling us a story from Toronto, Canada, where gun laws, not so great there. In fact, things are getting worse. The police have stolen 400 guns from people. What are the details? Well, it... uh it looks like the police chief is uh, very proud of his measures. The latest crime... Here's here's the strange sentence that I don't quite understand, Ian. I want you to keep an eye out okay. for the, through, through the rest of the... Uh, or an ear out for the, through the rest of the story. Kind of try to figure this out. The latest crime prevention project by the Toronto police took aim at registered gun owners... Took aim. Took aim. It's cute. Yep. Very who punny. opted to give up their firearms. Huh. As opposed to... As opposed to facing charges... I haven't the slightest clue. Does something it get happened. Yeah, no, yeah. Here, something happened. Uh, police have seized about 400 guns since March after knocking on the doors of registered firearms owners. Doesn't say that they warned them. Remember, Just, don't answer the door for the police. It's always uh, it step number like, one. Seems like good advice, especially in this instance. Um, so they knock on the doors of these registered firearms owners. Well, they're registered, right? They said basically, you know, we're registering. Many of these owners had their guns stashed in a closet or in a drawer, though a condition of their registration mandates that all firearms are securely stored. Lawbreakers. Yep. Well, they they actually registered. They ag- probably agreed to these terms. Well, I mean, under duress. Yeah, I mean, anybody that registers for a government whatever, whether it's gun registration or car registration, most of them aren't doing it because they feel some sort of civic duty. At least nobody I know uh, is doing it because they feel civic duty. I'm sure those people are out there. Like, they just get a warm feeling in their heart whenever they walk into the DMV. I don't know those people. But uh, most people, I think, register things with the government because they're afraid of what would happen to them otherwise. Understood, but... Um, now the registration has uh, the laws have become so onerous in Toronto and, and and in Canada in general that there's no reason to register your firearm. Here's why: because they'll come after you. You you have to have it secured, so you can't use it to defend yourself. In right. most instances, apparently it's having it also behind basically a... illegal to use it to defend yourself. I mean, there's there's certainly the practical application and how that would work out, and I don't know, but it is more or less from a legal standpoint illegal to defend yourself with a firearm. Mm-hmm. It's just for hunting and target practice and those kind of things. In Canada, they want it, yes, saying. in in Canada, um, that's what we're talking about, and and they want you to uh, to have it in a safe. So what's the point in registering the weapon if they're going to come? If part of the registration means that basically they can come to your house and check your house out in it's order crazy. to see if your gun is secured, and the if it is, isn't, then they take it away. There's no logical so, point to this. You're right. Smuggling a gun in and keeping it in your house uh, is probably better protection for your family. What's the worst that could happen? You'd be charged like a person who has a properly registered firearm? Oh, you'd probably get the maybe additional charge a, of having yeah. an unregistered firearm, maybe. I don't Whatever know. Whatever that is. Yeah, maybe it's a felony. Uh who knows? Hey, the burglar brought the the gun in, dropped it, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. there he, you he brought, go. He brought That's two and dropped one. one. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, not all burglars have guns anyway. No, but, but, but none. Very rarely. So, 
so they agreed to this so supposedly when they registered. The point of registering... I don't know that they agreed to uh, searches, but um, you know they, they they're going around and doing the searches, and people probably let them in because they're scared, they're intimidated, well, they're, they're, they don't they're, know they're good folks, you know. They just think they're doing right. Yep. People did not lay any charges, but they seized hundreds of weapons. And this is what I think about the opted to give up their firearms thing. Mm -hmm. I think that basically you had the choice of getting charged for having your uh, firearm not secured properly or Or giving it it over. I think that's what what happened. And if they don't charge somebody, then that person can't challenge it in court, right? Yes. Now listen to what this... uh, this Because it's all consensual at that point. It sounds like it to me. Listen Mm -hmm. to what this Mupron said here, the police chief. The chief? chief. Yep. I think we've created... A safer situation, said Toronto Police Chief Bill Blair. This is a very much an anti-violence measure. It may be an anti-violence measure. That doesn't mean it will result in less violence. As a matter of fact, if you look at the the statistics, in fact, there's more violence this year than there was last in Toronto. Mm. Um, This is very much intended to prevent crime and make our city safer. Okay. Um, Because those registered gun owners are criminals? I mean, what are you talking about, dude? Well, here's here's the, uh, the the statement. Blair told a news conference Tuesday afternoon that 30% of guns taken off of the street from criminals have been stolen from registered gun owners. Ah. So that's the uh, that's the that's the little workaround here. See, you he doesn't mention how many uh, crimes were stopped by the uh, by, by the possibility that guns were in um, right. houses. How many crimes were stopped by a person who had a gun and used it to to threaten somebody away? How many crimes were stopped uh, by somebody who used a firearm to to shoot a criminal? He doesn't mention any of that. It's those naughty registered firearm owners who haven't locked their weapons up. That's who's uh, the, at fault here. On average, police seize about two illegal guns a day. Since January, 259 people have been shot, according to the latest police statistics. That's up Jeez. from last year, which saw 223 shooting victims. So there's already more shootings. So far. Right. <laughs> By um, the, the end of September, there's more shootings, far more shootings um, than in Toronto than there were last year. Their program went into uh, went into play in, in March, so maybe mm-hmm. the criminals feel a little bolder. I don't know. Who knows? Yep. This is awful. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Well, and Go that's around. what happens when you live in a city, so what's going right? to happen here, too? Well, I mean, there are already places where you can't even own a firearm in They're a city. They're not going around house to house um, inspecting yet. No, that's true. That's true. But you can't, in in most places, like big city, New York, for instance, you can't own a firearm privately unless you've gone through incredible uh, steps. Like it's if very you're difficult. A, if you're an armed guard for Loomis or something like that, or for you know a diamond distributor, you'll be able to pull the right strings and have your lawyer get you a, a permit. But it's my understanding that your average folks in New York City cannot acquire such things so they wouldn't be able to do house-to-house searches because they don't have any registration information in the first place with which to grab your guns and isn't don't you always hear from the gun uh people out there that this is what hitler did well look they're doing it again right they had gun registration people registered their firearms and they used the registration logs to go around and confiscate them it's the same old tactics all over again and so i agree that mark that uh, these gun owners should not be alerting the government to their gun ownership there's no reason for it beyond blind obedience beyond just some sort of uh, pathetic obedience to a system that doesn't give a damn about you to a system that is interested it doesn't give a damn about crime either yeah they, they really don't care what difference does it make to the the, uh, the toronto police if they increase or decrease crime what difference does it make they're going to go out they're going to fill out their paperwork when a crime is committed and nothing's going to matter more if crime maybe more, means bigger budget yeah if the they cops. need if they have more crime then they need more cops it just doesn't matter to these people what matters is obedience that's what matters. You yep. giving up your weapon. If if you have a gun, 
you might not feel as obedient to the police. That's what they want. They want obedience from you. That's all I can tell at least. But as soon as, as soon as what we've seen this week here in Keene with the 420 celebrations, as soon as you get even a relatively small amount of people, we're talking 30 to 100 people, 100 people yesterday, 120 today, you get 100 people together to engage in, in disobedience and they're completely neutered. The police cannot do anything. What would they do? I, I mean, if if you have a hundred people out uh, doing a protest or something like that, and the police are not prepared for it, then we're not talking about the G20 situation where they yeah. obviously have you know oh, months in advance. Uh, yep. They they you know they they're planned and all that other stuff. But Body if it's armor, just people showing up, even in a city, uh, I would think they would have a difficult time. It would have to be a very large city to come up with a police force large enough to to break up some event yeah. like that. But a small one, they just can't do it. I mean, you've heard of the flash mobs, right, where people mm-hmm. will organize via text messaging and things like that a certain time to go and do something silly like dance or have a pillow fight. Yeah. Uh, it's great. You know, dancing pillow fights. I'm all in favor of those things. Uh, but if you use that same technique of just unexpectedly going somewhere in mass, you're right, Mark. They completely would not be able to do anything. But even if you do announce it in advance, as has been done here in Keene, New Hampshire, with the 420 celebrations and as will be spreading across New Hampshire here next week – uh, even if you do announce it in advance, if you have enough people and they're all willing to not, or at least a percentage of them are willing to non-cooperate, you really have the upper hand in, the, in any situation. As long as you're being peaceful, then if they crack down, they look like the violent, uh, they look like the violent ones. 800-259-9231. As far as the gun owners in Toronto, if you're still there and you still have your gun and you're registered, just don't answer the damn door. Again, for the police. Hour two's coming up. Hello, Free Talk Live podcast subscribers. This is novelist Spencer Baum, here to tell you about my new book, The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. It's a fantasy novel in the tradition of the boy wizards and vampires that have been so popular lately, but written from the perspective of a libertarian like you. My novel has all the monsters, magic, hair-raising adventures, and teen angst you've come to know and love, but unlike those other books, you'll find no glorification of life in the government schools in this story. My main character doesn't truly start learning until he ditches class and connects with some libertarian homeschoolers. And he can't go about saving the world until he sees that the conformist worldview of the modern American fails to see the truth. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. For free. Open up iTunes and search for The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I've released the first six chapters as a free podcast. Give it a listen. It's free. That's The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I hope you enjoy. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we go into the email box. Email from Alex. He says, guys, I've been listening to your show for over a year now and can't get enough of it. I'm not sure why I feel compelled to tell you that. Anyway, the reason I'm emailing you is I've noticed something several times listening to the show that I would describe as hypocrisy. I think we can all agree that Scott from Massachusetts is a bigot, and you certainly call him on it. Oh, Scott, I'm sorry. Scott from Massachusetts. Scott the bigot. He is a bigot. Somebody else, yeah. 100%. This is the guy that calls occasionally, thank goodness. There was a week there where he was calling every single day. But uh, he calls occasionally and just spouts off um, all kinds of hatred against Jews, black people, and uh, you know the usual hatred stuff from uh, you get from white supremacist types. 
And so that's what that's who he's referencing here. He says, so we can all agree that he's a bigot, and you certainly call him on it. Now, I suppose it may not qualify as bigotry nevertheless, but my question is, do you not think it's somewhat bigoted to disparage people simply because they believe some things are, some things are important that you believe is not? I'm referring to the several occasions on the show where you and Mark, to an extent, have ridiculed and to some extent insulted the group of people that are deeply interested in the lives of celebrities and similar types. I understand your point and personally find it embarrassing to even be associated in the same species with such mindless beings. I admit I can be very bigoted at times, says Alex. I also believe, however, that the only important thing in life is happiness. Obviously, so long as it does not violate the non-aggression axiom to achieve it. Necessarily because I believe happiness is the only thing that matters, then if people are interested and find happiness in worshipping celebrities, then how can I say that is wrong? I'm wondering what you think. I don't think it's, uh, we, we call it wrong. No. We don't call it Im- wrong or immoral or any of those things. It um, We might call it bad in the sense that it's just not a good idea, but really it's just dumb. Silly. I think it's right. silly. I think it's sad. You know, I think it's an, it's, it's an indicator of somebody who just doesn't really have too much that's exciting in their own life that they have to pay attention to things like who Brad is dating right now or who Jennifer is dating right now or whatever. And I'm sure those people know exactly who I'm talking about when I'm using those two names, even though I'm not using last names. So I've never uh, – when, when you're bigoted against somebody, I think there's a bit of mm, – I guess I don't know if hatred is exactly the right word, but there's there's some animosity involved in bigotry. That's kind of the uh, the feeling that I get with, from the term bigotry. Mm-hmm. And I don't have animosity towards those folks. It's more pity on my uh, my case. Whereas somebody like Scott the bigot, he hates people because they're black. Scott the bigot hates people because they have a certain uh, religious belief set. He hates them. He writes them all off. He's not interested in learning about them. He's not interested in uh, in talking to them. He's not interested in them in any way, shape, or form. He would like to see the world expunged of those people. And I don't care if what you want to do with your life is pick up the you know nearest people magazine or us magazine or National Enquirer and flip through the pages. And uh, you know, I don't care if you have a subscription. I don't care if all you do is read Entertainment Weekly. I don't care about that. But I you know I I do kind of thumb my nose a little bit at it as though well it's not my life it's not my what i would choose for myself but it's not bigotry i don't think that's bigotry in in any way shape or form would love your thoughts just my yeah it's just our thoughts on a particular practice i I don't know i mean it doesn't sound doesn't sound the same to me but maybe right everybody is free to have an opinion about what somebody else's hobby is somebody might think my hobbies are pretty lame and that's fine too you know, that's okay. Just because you don't agree with what I might spend my time, my free time doing, doesn't make you bigoted against me, does it? Bigoted, utterly intolerant of any creed, belief, or opinion that differs from one's own. Intolerance being the key word. Utterly intolerant. So I tolerate those folks. I mean, you don't hear me coming out every night railing against... Tonight, we're going to talk about those damn people who are buying in National Enquirer. Their subscriptions are up this month, and it's absolutely outrageous. These people need to be stopped. They need to be forced to be interested in things that are, uh, you know, meaningful. <laughs> to them, it is meaningful. To them, it's important what's going on in the lives of, uh, let's see, Jennifer, Brad, oh, oh no, he got together Angelina. with uh, Angelina. That's right. See, I know these things because I walk through the grocery uh, the grocery. Don't forget Britney's haircut. 
I had oh yeah, where she shaved her head, right? See, well, just in things. general, I mean. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Whatever her haircut is is, of course, important news. But that so because I have a preference about what I might spend my free time doing does not make me intolerant towards the rest of the world and what they spend their free time doing. We need variety. I mean, we need contrast. We need choices and options and things that uh, people that are interested in different things. But that doesn't mean that I can't say that I think it's sad. Because I do. And I'm not going to keep my mouth shut on that. If the if the issue comes up, I'm going to comment about how I feel. It's talk radio. That's what we do as talk show hosts. Not only are we here to uh, facilitate you and allow you to call in and talk about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. But when issues come up, we're kind of expected to talk about how we feel about Commentators, it. after all. And, and I feel like it's a waste of time to focus one's free time on such things. But somebody else would say, well, Ian, it's a waste of time to play uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. And I would say, from your perspective, that's probably true. If you're somebody that believes that video games are a waste of time, you are probably correct about that. Uh, for me, you know, it is a past time. Does that mean it's a waste of time? I don't know. From, from my perspective, it's something I like. And if you don't like it, that's fine, too. I'm tolerant of your not liking what I do, as I'm tolerant of the people who do things that I don't like. Does that make sense? It, it seems like. I, I mean, think that tolerance is very important to have. It's, it's uh, the, you know, the art of allowing others to be free, right? Because if it's something that we talk about a lot on this show. It's one of those things that libertarians get pretty, pretty well. It's that if you want to be free yourself, you have to allow others. You have to tolerate others. And maybe you could make the claim that there's a difference between allowing and tolerating. You think there, there might be a difference there between, you know, is, is tolerance a little bit further towards an accepting it seems like mode it. Mode than allowing? I don't know. I don't know if I agree. They may be synonyms. I haven't taken the time to look them up. But I don't know. Um, if, you're, if you're tolerating something, um, it doesn't sound actually uh, as good as a lot to allow it. I don't know. I mean, sounds about the same. Tolerance. Uh, patience, sufferance, forbearance, liberality, impartiality, open-mindedness. Uh, tolerance. A fair, objective, and permissive attitude toward those whose opinions... Practices, race, religion, nationality differ from one's own. Permissive attitude. Fair, objective, and permissive attitude towards opinions and practices that differ from one's own. So it's pretty similar to allowance. In fact, it's compared to allowance here in the definition of dictionary.com. So if you want to be free, then you have to allow others to be free too. And that means tolerating behavior that uh, you may not necessarily like very much. Sort of like the folks that have been smoking marijuana in uh, Central Square here in Keene over the past several days. If you go and you look at some of the newspaper articles, you hear all of the very intolerant comments towards these people. Bunch of losers! Don't you have jobs? As though everyone works from 9 to 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. and that anybody who doesn't work from 9 to 5 p.m. is a loser. Yeah. Nonsense. Uh, so these people are being very, the people posting comments on these articles about the 420 celebrations are being very intolerant. And so until those guys can let go of their issues, until they can just let go and let the losers be losers, you know, you can call them losers if it makes you feel better. I know a lot of these folks, and I know they aren't losers. They're, in many cases, very productive, upstanding members of society. But they want to ignore that and pretend like all pot smokers are losers. Why? Fine, whatever. You can hate them. You can be angry at them. But you need to allow them to be free. Because as long as you continue trying to control the lives of others, and this is one of the things that Mary, Dr. Mary Ruart really points out brilliantly in her book, Healing Our World, which I highly recommend. She points out that 
if you intend to control others, don't be surprised if you find yourself controlled. You know, you get what you put out there. You reap what you sow. What else could you get? You know, if you're if you're advocating for the control of others, what else are you going to get but control in yourself? Well, you might have a little bit of fun uh, in your little controlling world if you happen to get put in control, but it won't last. Eventually, you'll be put out of control, and the people that get in control next will decide they want to control you. 800-259-9231. So in order to be free, you must allow others to be free as well. And so if that means that... Uh, in order for me to be free, I have to allow you to page through your favorite little National Enquirer magazine. It's fine. I don't care what you do with your free time. It's your business. 800-259-9231. And no, that does not make us bigoted. Not at all. You t- uh, bring up anything. This Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything, dial in, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We have the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Have you, ever, have you ever wished you didn't have to push the shopping cart all the way back to the store? Or you didn't have to make so many trips to get the groceries into the house, perhaps out to the boat? For the last month or so, my at my house, we've been uh, using Totasac. It's a handle made of 100% recycled material and designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Uh, go to Totasac.com. It's spelled T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. Get a family pack today. It's Totasac. They can carry more than you can, a lot more. Totasac.com. And I'll tell you, once you start using this little device, you, you won't believe you can't, you, you've ever lived without it. Yeah, you'll be frustrated if you misplace it or something like that. So I tend to uh, return it to the car after I... It's best in pairs, I find. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line here. Uh, So you can bring up whatever you want. Story out of Pittsburgh. This one not about the crowds and the violence and the, the, the clashing of the protesters. But this one about the dollar dollar under scrutiny at the G20 summit, according to the AFP, the embattled U.S. dollar, is expected to come under scrutiny at a summit of developing and industrialized nations following China-led calls to review its role as a reserve currency. The dollar issue is bound to surface at the uh, meeting in in Pittsburgh as uh, Barack Obama and the other leaders of the group of 20 economies. I hate it when they, I just as an aside, I hate it when they call these people leaders. Of course, it's expected from the news people because... They've been brought up that way. That's what. That's how they've been taught. But politicians aren't leaders. Didn't somebody call and make a point on this uh, one night to s- essentially say that leaders are people you follow voluntarily? I guess. Yeah. You know, if, if you are not following this person voluntarily, if you're under duress and you're following the person, they aren't your leader. They're a criminal. You know, they're they're violent and dangerous. You don't call people like that leaders. When a when a criminal puts a gun to your head and uh, tells you to take a wallet out of your pocket and you follow his demands, you're following what he's wanting you to do, but he's not your leader. Not an accurate term. Anyway, uh, they're talking about the uh, the dollar possibly bringing about a global currency. Beijing was the first to call for a new global currency as an alternative to the U.S. dollar as the U.S. deficit rocketed, which uh, is estimated it could reach $9 trillion in over a decade uh, yeah, and the story goes on to talk about how these big wigs are discussing such a thing. 
do you think about that, Mark? Uh, national international currency. Well, it, it's it's it only makes sense at some point that's going to happen. I'm all for an internet <clears throat> an international currency. I just think that that currency should be, uh, you know, gold or silver. Basically, mm. um, you know, people deciding what they want to trade in, how they want to trade. And I think that uh, it would be natural and uh, easy for people to switch to gold or silver as uh, as currencies. They already they they have been for thousands of years. Yeah, and there could be some kind of standard, some kind of international agreed upon standard amongst the various different gold and silver providers. As there is, uh, there's a certain silver standard here in, uh, I think, the United States, the open currency standard. We might be talking more about that uh, in the future. But it's certainly possible for different organizations and banks and uh, monetary providers to come to an agreement on how things should be denominated and things like that and weighed. You know, what kind of ounce will you use? Will it be a troy ounce or whatever the other ounces are? <laughs> They're different ones. So they would come to those uh, those agreements, sort of in the same way that the technology sector has come to agreements on things over time, like the USB, for instance. Or after Beta and VHS had their little battle, uh, VHS came out the victor, and ever since then, most manufacturers have been manufacturing VHS decks until the D- DVD came out. Uh, same way HD DVD versus Blu-ray, there were two competing standards that essentially battled it out for a little while, but now Blu-ray is the standard. And so the market can come to these conclusions. So I think a concern that might be brought up when you're talking about having a uh, you know a private currency or market-based currency, as you were talking about, is, well, wait a minute, how can you say they'd all be the same across the board? All kinds of different banks out there, all kinds of different uh, groups offering di- – they'd probably be offering different options. And even if they did, I'd still prefer that to the one-size-fits-all solution that's being forced down our throats by the federal government in the form of the Federal Reserve Note. And when I say forced, I mean that. It's a legal legal tender. And what legal tender means, if you pull out your Federal Reserve note from your wallet, it says this is uh, this note is uh, evidence of debt for all – let's see. I've got it right here. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. That's a notice basically saying that but you've if, got to take it. Right. If you owe somebody something, that somebody has to take these Federal Reserve notes. And whatever the, – you know, they, they may be able to uh, – to demand a certain amount of them, but they have to take the Federal Reserve notes. So that needs to go away. If the legal tender laws were to go away, that would be a nice first step, I think, to uh, getting the marketplace open for this kind of thing. And it would also help if the federal government wasn't actually going and raiding uh, its competition. Yeah, there's. I, I don't think that there's much of a problem of being people being forced to take dollars. However, the uh, what if you don't want to the other side of it? Yeah, but it's it's not much of a problem. You understand? It would be if there was hyperinflation, don't you? Don't you think? Well, but it's it's not much of a problem. I'm talking about it today. Okay. Fine. There's not a problem. Um, however, the other side of it is that the government's attempt to stop people from making competing currencies. I'm not talking about counterfeiting, although that might be, you know, it might fit into that category. I'm talking about actual competing currencies made of, you know, in some cases like the Liberty Dollar, things of real value made of silver. Yep. So. The government uses these legal tender laws to put people who want to offer uh, an option out to other people. They, they use them to put them under, and that's a real problem. Now, when we have a situation where there are different countries that have uh, competing currencies to some extent, there is a little bit of checking that goes on there. Not a whole lot, but it's, it's kind of enough to where if the U.S. government is going a little too crazy with its printing of uh, the Federal Reserve notes, with its inflating the money supply – 
you could change your money in, even if you weren't going to get gold and silver, you could at least change it for a more stable fiat currency. Yeah. And so having the various different countries, uh, governments out there offering fiat currency is still better than having a one-size-fits-all worldwide fiat currency to replace them all. I mean, it's not great, but it's still better. I mean, there's, uh, for instance, the Liberty Dollar folks have been involved with this Liberty Card thing, the uh, the gold card. I don't know if you've seen the emails about that. Yep. I'm a little wary about it personally because there are certain fees that are involved that kind of turn me off. Well, I've called and uh, checked on it, and it's uh, the, the fees, uh, you know, they're sort of an initial thing. But I love the idea of being able to buy gold and then use it as, uh, you know, currency. Oh, I do, too. I think it's a brilliant idea. I just, I have some questions that haven't been answered yet, and uh, I can't really promote, I'm not going to promote it until I've gotten some answers that are satisfying to me. Um, I don't think we really have to worry about what you think on it. But what's interesting, well, I mean, I think they might enjoy having us promoting it on this radio program. I think they're going to have that happen anyway. All depends. Uh, depends on the answers to the questions. Uh, I've already. Uh, my, I, I'm telling you, I've looked into it, and I'm pretty satisfied with what I hear. Well, what I'm concerned with was initially when I looked at the uh, the card. Sure, there's some there's some fees for loading the card, and that's fine. You're putting money in to put gold on the card. That's all understandable. But what I didn't really like was that you had to pay two percent on any purchase that you made that was outside of the euro zone. And then Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar sent out an email saying, well, now there are cards available that are denominated in U.S. dollars that you don't have to pay a certain fee on. And I couldn't really ascertain whether it was that fee that you didn't have to pay, and I hadn't gotten an answer back from them yet, so I need to follow up. More on the way here. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who failed to pay their bills. You might believe this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI repositions companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation, and they've been doing it for a long time. What, since the 50s, I think? Uh, it's, getting, it's close to that. Yeah. They, 35 uh, years. You, can, been, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's a multi-generational company. They've yeah. been around for a while. Uh, so SACL CAI and a big, big sponsor of Free Talk Live. Now, we were talking about currency a moment ago and how that the uh, the G20 summit, they've been discussing the ideas or supposedly were discussing the ideas of having a global currency. And I'd pointed out that while having a fiat dollar sucks, at least if you have various different fiat dollars, and fiat meaning essentially an arbitrarily created value, uh, thin air kind of money, essentially the government just declaring that this piece of paper is money and that you have to take it through legal tender laws. So if you've got a whole bunch of different fiat currencies around the world, to some extent they're playing off of one another. One has value in comparison to the other's value, and you could, if necessary, move from one currency to another to protect the value if the U.S. dollar 
continues to uh, devalue over time, and it has since they took away the gold and silver backing from uh, the U.S. dollars. It's just continually lost its value significantly after the 1970s when the backing went fully away. So if they were doing that, you could move over into a euro or you could move over into the yen or something like that, and you could, you could to some extent protect your value. But if it's all going into this, if it's all the same fiat currency, if there's a world currency, and you know it's not going to, you know they're not going to say, you know, we need a world currency and it should be backed by silver. That <laughs> idea is not coming happen. out of, uh, of the G20 summit. So presuming it's going to be, and I think it's a safe presumption that it will be a fiat currency if they do have a world, uh, world cu- currency, then that's real bad news. And, of course, it seems to me that the answer to that is to have more local currencies, to have uh, some gold and silver-based currencies, whatever it works. I mean, even if you do the labor notes or whatever, anything that you can do to get away from the arbitrary governmental control of your, your money is a good thing. The problem, of course, comes in when the government comes in with guns and decides to try to stop anyone who competes. Because there's nothing that's needed more in a financial crisis than alternatives and other options. And if you don't have those to go to, then it can be real bad. Because when, the, when they are inflating currency, and I'd like to point out for those that are new to the program that don't know what inflation really is, you might have heard that inflation is prices going up. That's not true. Prices going up is a symptom of inflation. It is uh, an effect. It's, it's a result of inflation. Inflation is where the, the Federal Reserve, in the case of the United States, prints up more money, adds more money to the databases, essentially, inflating the money supply and the prices of goods chase the, uh, the amount of money in the, you know, the money supply. So that's what's going on with inflation. And if it's going on on a worldwide level, and that's the only thing you can use as the worldwide fiat currency, you are screwed. They are taking the value from your hard work, yeah. and they're putting it in the pockets of the uh, the elites. That's what the inflation process does. And um, there's the, I would suspect if they are going to do something like this, they're going to do it along the, the EU model. Um, the EU created sort of a, uh, a an under currency that a company that countries could put their sort of logos, their pictures, their national people on. It was still a, a euro, but well, you know, it's it's that particular country's euro. I see. So. They may create the uh, the 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 global, but mm. you'll be able to have Thomas Jefferson on it, which is really important, you know. Now, I wonder what'll happen, because it's one thing for a bunch of bigwigs from various different governments getting together and talking about these things, but if they actually do move forward with these plans, as we've discussed before in the past, when these uh, conspiracy folk call in with their ideas about all oh, the Illuminati and the Masons and the you know Bilderbergers, whatever. You know, they're all controlling the world. Well, one of our rebuttals to that has been in the past, well, not everybody is a member of this group. In fact, some have said there are alternative cabals of various different uh, elites out there competing for control over the world. And, you know, that kind of makes sense, right? You know, there's like the Chinese Bilderbergers and there's the South American Bilderbergers or whatever. These uh, elite types that are trying to uh, wrest as much money away from the, the remainder of the population as they, they the, whoever is self who is not whoever is not elites as they possibly can. So what will happen to the people in the governments in the countries that don't want to go along with this little plan? Because you've got something like, what, 180 countries around the world, something like that, 200 countries. I'm, I don't know what the current number is. It changes. They change names. They do things to uh, change their 
terms, uh, terminologies, combine different countries together. But there's basically like 180 countries, right? 200 is a, is, a, is a fair little guess. So what are the odds that all 180 geopolitical designations will come on board with the world currency idea? Well, you would have. It really only matters if a certain a certain ones come on board. Uh, the big players. The big players, because you know Tonga, it doesn't really matter what they do. You know, if they well, is if, that true? If somebody doesn't like what Tonga's doing, they could very well invade them. That's the thing, right? That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm getting at. If one of the smaller countries out there, if one of those governments decides the hell with your world currency, we are going to introduce the silver-backed Tonga. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if they did something like that, it would, I think, have some pretty significant uh, ramifications. I know you're saying no one cares about Tonga, but if Tonga all of a sudden comes up with silver-backed currency, then all of a sudden the other countries are going to really care about it. And that's where the invasion thing comes in, right? I think it would change everything if if Tonga decided to go silver. Yeah. So that's not likely to happen, but it's also not likely that all those countries are going to fall in line. But unless one of those countries actually, uh, one of those governments actually does come out with a serious competing currency that's backed by something, you're right, Mark. They won't be of any significant consequence because a lot of those countries, are they all using their own currency or are they using like the U.S. dollar? Are they using some other big country currency? Uh, well, some How of them many have little own... countries have their own currency? I, I can't answer. Some of them have their own currency. Some of them uh, tie their currency to the dollar. Right. Um, you know, they have, they have different, uh, different, different mediums. What, what you're saying reminds me of an old Gilligan's Island that I saw on the Internet, just a piece of it. Mr. Howell sitting with uh, you know, some guy who's from South America or something like that, and he's talking about he's telling him about monetary policy. A good a good monetary instrument must be backed by something of value like gold or silver. And uh, the guy's stuff. Yeah. The the guy says, in my country, all you need is paper printing press. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's obvious you know, it's obvious a little just a little uh bigoted too, a little a little racist. But it's funny how, you know, they did that in the late 60s, and then here in the in, in the early 70s, essentially, Nixon switched it all over, yeah. and here in the United States, all you needed was a printing press and paper. We turned into that banana republic that they were making fun of on Gilligan's Island. It's just that it doesn't look that way. The United States doesn't look like a banana republic. It doesn't look like a third world country. It doesn't look that way. Because, well, we've managed to build up a lot of wealth in this country before they stole the silver backing from the, the money. The the amount of freedom that Americans had over time was you know, pretty uh, facilitating towards people that wanted to start their own businesses, as long as they weren't slaves. Obviously, those folks weren't free, and that's there's a real problem with that. But generally, the uh, the amount of freedom that one had to start one's own business 100 years ago was a lot greater than it is today. You have to go through all kinds of forms yeah. and, and bureaucracy and f- fees and bribes and whatever the hell you have to do to, to get a business going. Uh, and so the United States kind of was coasting on uh, when the, at the time at which more regulations came down, the gold backing, silver backing taken away from the money. We built up a significant amount of uh, wealth for ourselves through a yeah, – freer market than what we have today and and so to some extent we're still coasting on that you know the the buildings aren't crumbling it's not really a third world economy because there's a lot of wealth out there for them to suck off of. that that much is true and there's but there's also there's a there's a a certain level of economic freedom in the united states that isn't enjoyed elsewhere in the world so people who want to do things are have to do them somewhere so the the fact that they're able to do them here more easily um, you know, I don't know if it's that easy it, 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 here. It, 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 in comparatively, in a lot of cases, yes. 
John Stossel walked in uh, to a, a shopping mall in Hong Kong and filled out one piece of paper. Hong Kong is just a tiny rock in the Pacific. Okay? More on the way here. You can bring up anything, Indian. but it's an important rock. It is. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. You bring up anything by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And uh, the features, again, we give them away. If you want to help support the show, because it's not free to run the website. We just want to give it to you free, uh, to the end user. But if you want to help us out with uh, running our website or supporting the show in general, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Just get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it back into the program, using it to get on more radio stations around the country, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Eh, it's a good thing. Plus, you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines. You get the AMP-only podcast uh, and much more. Go get all the details, free talk, uh, amp.freetalklive.com. Great perks. Uh, probably better perks than you get from uh, your average radio show, and the membership is very cheap. Yeah, the average radio show uh, just lets you into their website. Yeah. Which we let you in free. So there you go. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com. And now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front sight provides such training without any boot camp man- uh, mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure your front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit. And get a free handgun. Go to frontsite.com today. That's frontsite.com. As we go to your phone calls about what you want. Dan is in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Dan, Arizona. How you guys doing? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, money. Okay, tell me about it. You guys, you guys are talking about money. I, I just had a brainstorm listening to you guys, and I don't know. I may be uh, talking about something you may have discussed before. But with what you're trying to do in Keene there, what would it be uh, like if uh, people, free staters in Keene, decided to start trading in precious metals? For we instance, do. anyone that owns business or any anyone that has employees who wishes to pay their employees in precious metals, you, you could have, like, uh, just start trading in real money rather than waiting for uh, the G20 people or or waiting for the the dollar to you know to to go down to zero value just start trading in um Real money. Well, um, we do that uh, by and large. I mean, I, I make as many transactions as I can in, in uh, precious metals, um, usually silver. It's uh, you know I find it to be more uh, you know easier to use. However, um, I think that you're going to have a difficulty running a business and paying employees in um, ounces of silver. You can't pay your mortgage in ounces of silver. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, of course not. Of course not. Um, I'm 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 trying to talk about uh ways of 
starting with starting at, uh, with the, the lack of a better term, a cancer mm-hmm. that would grow in Keene, where people would start. I mean, like if I was a, a property owner and I had a tenant in my property, I would want him to pay his rent in precious metals in, in real money. I would accept that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fine idea. I think I would as as well, uh, as long as I still had enough other uh, Federal Reserve notes coming in to pay the power bill with. So you, there is that happening well, to well, some well, extent. See, well, see, I could take when I get paid in precious metals, right? I can take those precious metals and sell them and get Federal Reserve notes anywhere. And understood and, and true, but there's there's a difficulty there. First off, your renter has to get the precious metals from somewhere. Usually, there's shipping and a certain um, you know premium on that for them being coined. So they had to pay money to get them, and then for and you you're to paying back. yeah, and then you have to to change them out of silver in order to pay for the, uh, the the power bill. So there's essentially a transaction fee on both sides that discounts the value of the money. So there's no good reason to have done it in the first place. I think that it's a good idea, right, that, that, and, and I, I do it as often. As that's I can. the point I'm trying to make. For instance, Ian, if, 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 I, if you had car trouble, right, and I was a mechanic you knew and trusted, right, mm-hmm. and I said to you, Ian, I'll fix your car for, uh, say, three ounces of silver or, or whatever, whatever the work I, I, yeah. I did, we would decide what it was valued in, in, in fiat money and then decide how much mass of, of the precious metal we wanted to trade in that would be. And then, and then you Absolutely. Go buy that, that stuff's happening. Amount of silver with your Federal Reserve notes and give it to me. Right. Yeah. I'm t- what I'm telling you right? is that what we're telling you is that stuff is happening. It's happening right um, now. It, I, I just had a friend of mine come over today, um, who's uh, you know one of these liberty activists here. He showed me three ounces of silver. He said, "I'm now a um, I'm, I'm now a paid a professional artist because he had made a uh, bronze or a, a metal a steel porcupine, and somebody gave him um, they came to him for it and bought uh, you know bought it from him for three ounces of silver. So I mean it's it's happening every day, every single day. There's a transaction that had occurred, if not multiple." transactions that occurred in precious metals here in the Monadnock region. I sold a gun and was paid in silver for that. And as far as... Um, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This stuff Every is happening. Day. Up here. Every day. Every single you. day it's happening. But, but it's not... What All we're telling you is that it can't all happen yet in that particular fashion. Whenever it's possible, like you say, when two people come to an agreement, if it's fixing a car or whatever it is... If they've come to the agreement, then that's great and that works. But obviously, not everything can be done in silver yet. But it's important to start doing some things in silver and gold. That way, it's easier to make that transition over, over you know, over time. Make it uh, make it happen on a more frequent basis. So, for instance, if you have a tenant that is paying his bills or paying uh, his rent in silver, what may, might make more sense is to do a half and half. Take half the rent in silver, take half the rent in cash. That way nobody has to go through, or at least you as the uh, the landlord, wouldn't have to go through the process of converting some of the silver back into cash so you could pay whatever it is that you need to need to pay, the property taxes or the or the bills. So sort of the... Right, you, I, I, I understand that, and I understand the cost of redeeming uh, uh, or even buying. You know, you, you have to pay a commission when you buy precious metals. Right. More, more likely. But the more that you can influence, like like you're trying to to influence people to move to team as free staters. On top of that, you should try to influence people that are already there to trade as much as they can in real money. Well, I hope that you'll come up and uh, and try to. I don't know how you would do that. I don't know if you try to do that. I mean, it should be it should be more um, out there. 
<laughs> well, I, I I don't know how out there it can be at this point because what you're talking about is what would really bring it out there would be to have business owners offering silver and change. Uh, they would be offering to purchase, you know, allow people to purchase things with silver. And at this point in the movement, there aren't a whole lot of business owners that have made the move here, here to New Hampshire. There are some. There's Manchester mm-hmm. Brewing, for instance, which uh, Jason Osborne is uh, is part of one of the investors uh, behind that. So they're they're actually brewing a local um, beer and they're marketing it and they're doing a very good job with it. I don't know if they're accepting silver uh, on the Manchester Brewing purchases or not, but that might yeah, be. Usually with these things, is all you have to do is ask. You can negotiate. Yeah, you could probably talk to them about it. But it's not right. You know, they're not well, hanging how about, out. How, the about, sh- how about business owners that would trade in precious metal put a little little insignia on their window? On I their have, I'm in favor of it. I absolutely I am. We, we trade in precious metal. I love it. I hope like you'll that. come Everyone up here, Dan. I hope, I hope you'll come up here and really start to uh, move forward on that. I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800 because it's happening, but it's really on more of a person-to-person basis, people doing jobs for one another, that kind of thing. And that's great, too, because it just it gets people used to using silver. Uh, it gets people in the mind, uh, the mindset of thinking about asking for silver or thinking about asking if silver is accepted. And that's important. Those are important steps. And I think what Dan is talking about are also important steps. The, the step of, and, and the Liberty Dollar had all this stuff. Now they've been shut down by the federal government, but they had this stuff. They had the little register thing, the little sign, the little uh, the window sticker. The window sticker. They had a floor mat. They had all kinds of things, little brochures that you could give to your customers to offer them silver as, as change. And they had a really great system for that. So this is doable. It's something that can be done, but it's going to require more participation from business owners. And that's going to require just a general uh, a, 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 lar- a larger amount of transactions being done in silver more people talking about it bringing it up it's happening here i don't know to what extent but as you say mark between the free staters between the activists there are a number of transactions that are being done so yes dan it is happening is it happening to the extent that you might like to see happen not right now it, it, it's, it's going to require growth i mean yeah. i don't think that anyone's taking it up uh you know to the, the passionate level that dan's talking about however they're you know they're interested in doing it absolutely so that's why i say come on up and help it move Fertile forward ground. Yeah, come on up, help it move forward, you know, design your own currency, get it out there, put it out there, and uh, and start encouraging this. 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to a, a different Dan. This one's in Maine. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Dan? Uh, good evening. Uh, I wanted to talk a little about uh, alternative currency, too. Certainly. Uh, I, I used to be a drug trafficker, and I used to trade, trade marijuana, and that would... That was as good as cash wherever the heck you went. It's probably true. Yeah, and so, I mean, we've traded gold, silver, marijuana, you know, different pills, whatever. I mean, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Bottles bottles of liquor have often been uh, the the grease for wheels. Cigarettes in jail are big. Uh, So, yeah, anything that uh, people value, you can use as an alternative currency. And the beauty of the marijuana is you can grow it yourself and you can grow your own currency. The trick, though, is that it doesn't really last forever. It will go uh, go bad and will get get worse uh, over time. That's why gold and silver are preferred. But I thank you for the call. Hour number three coming up it's free talk live as a small business owner you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success email is part of your company's dna but you didn't get into business to manage email it's time to evolve with dnamail.com get microsoft exchange hosted email services with free activation and setup 24 7 support and 99.99 percent guaranteed uptime all starting at 8.95 a month 
DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit DNAMail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll take your calls about anything, and we'll start out by going to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, good evening, hey, Yeah, I heard something very interesting today mm-hmm. uh, on a radio station. Uh, as you know, over the last couple of years, you and I have discussed intellectual property law, constitutional law, some, you know, more traditional areas of the law. But uh, the person was talking about going into court and having to identify oneself. Uh, but not providing a driver's license or birth certificate. And basically what was said was that when the judge asked the person to identify themselves with a document, such as a birth certificate or a passport or uh, a driver's license, the plaintiff said to the judge, quote, uh, am I engaging in a legal contract by disclosing this information and the judge looked flabbergasted and again threatened the person with contempt of court Mm -hmm. and the person repeated with the same tone i guess that the judge used uh asking again am i being da 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 so what happened was the judge dismissed the case that was it to the chagrin of everyone and the person that was talking about this said it had not to do with our constitutional law or our state law, but had to deal with the notion of a maritime law that functions as the common law in the United States that's derived from Great Britain. So I've never heard this before, but I thought since you guys always talk about uh, civil liberties and libertarian issues, uh, that maybe, you know, you guys have heard of that and could shed some light on it, because I had never heard about that. Yes, I have heard of it. No, wait, can you clarify for me? I missed a point that you made. Where did you hear about this? I heard it on uh, a radio talk show dealing with legal issues. And it gotcha. kind of surprised me because, you know, I understand the notion of state laws, state constitution, the federal law, the federal constitution, and the different areas of law, such as intellectual property, constitutional law, torts, and different things. But I had never heard that by refusing to participate by showing them a legal document that you liberate yourself from being, quote, an entity of the corporate yeah. uh, corporation that is the government. Right, right, right. I, yeah, we've heard a lot about this stuff over the years. I've spent some time delving into it because I found it absolutely fascinating, and I was thrown in jail uh, for uh, what was essentially a 90-day sentence that I managed to get out of early by uh, bowing down to the almighty man in the robe. Uh, after three days, 
but essentially I attempted to do something like this. I don't know. I forget exactly what the question was that I asked. You can hear me asking the question on the arrest video, uh, which if, if you look for Ian Freeman arrested or something like mm-hmm. that on YouTube, you can probably find that. Okay. But because I asked something like that, and as soon as the words left my mouth, the man had me arrested and charged with uh, contempt of court and thrown in jail. Because so, what happened was... Well, well, point, pers- point of information oh, here, Frank. Go ahead, go ahead. When somebody calls a radio show and makes a claim like that, yeah. I would demand better proof. I want to see the the video footage from the courtroom. I want the audio evidence of what happened. I, it's not to say I don't believe it could happen. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that what they're saying is the truth. Right, because right. if the next guy to do it once is going to try to drive it home, and, and you know that, that, that dog may not hunt. Right, right. Because it occurred to me that the person couldn't be in contempt of court because the person did do what the judge said, which was to identify oneself. But by not providing the driver's license or the birth certificate or the passport, which are, in a sense, legitimate documents granted by the corporation of the government or the state, that uh, the judge had to dismiss it. And as I said, if that's the case... One would assume that the same principles could be applied to even tax law, you know, different, different, uh, you know, events whereby one is engaging with, you know, the government on many levels or with police or whatever. I so think I that know, one of the I reasons, yeah, Frank, I think that one of the reasons it happened to me so quickly, at least, was because I had spoken out of turn during the arraignment. Uh, when the, I was called during the arraignment, I went up and just spoke as I walk up to the front of the room, and that, that pissed him off. And so he was essentially getting me back for what I'd done to him. That was mm-hmm. his opportunity to essentially have me thrown in a cell to show me how powerful he is and mm-hmm. how he's got men with guns who will follow his every command, no matter how legal or, or illegal. And so I think that was a factor. I think I might have had more success in my questioning because I wanted to ask him a bunch of questions. I had mm-hmm. several questions, and it was when I was trying to throw out one of the first questions that uh, that he had me arrested. So I don't know uh, if there is legitimacy to that. We haven't really seen too many people try it here uh, in, in Keene. It's it's beginning to, to be more likely that people are going to try these things as more cases start happening. And yeah. we have cameras in the court. We have audio recording devices. So when these things do occur, we will know what works and what doesn't work, at least in the case of this one courtroom. The thing is, when you're dealing with a different man in a robe in a different courtroom, mm-hmm. you may be dealing with a completely different set of arbitrary uh, rules that he's he's playing by. So cool. what one judge will do or what one robed man will do compared to another robed man, may your mileage may vary, is, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. I would I love to thing? see evidence that this works. I would love to see evidence that this approach works. I haven't yeah, seen it. I have one, one comment before I hang up, and that is that uh, you're right. The judges tend to have a lot of leafway in the United States. And what separates the judges in Europe from the United States is that the judges in the countries in Europe, in order to be a judge, they have to take extensive examinations that are even greater than, let's say, the bar exams. And so they have a very uh, knowledgeable uh, persona as the judge, whereby in the United States, many of the judges, even though they may be practicing attorneys, have very little understanding of the law, since A, most of them are appointed on a federal level, and B, on a local level, they're elected through a political process. So in a sense, there's really no check and balance on the competency of the judge regarding jurisprudence. You can only hope that uh, you know, they do have some competence, but there's no standard test that they should have to take every 10 years 
that would make sure that they're aware of, you know, the most recent uh, decisions by the Supreme Court and the various courts and things in their, you know, uh, area of expertise. There's so really that's not what much. I wanted to say. Thank you, Frank, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I'd, I'd like to to add to that though. I don't know how more competent the judges are in Europe as compared to here. The thing is, regardless of what kind of system rules they have in place as far as testing or mandates and things that hoops that the judges, the robed people, have to jump through in order to retain or, or attain their positions, you still are dealing with the core problem that this is a one-size-fits-all system. The justice system in the Western world is arbitrary. It is something that uh, just allows these people to get away with whatever it is they want to. And there's nothing that you can really do about it. There's, there's no. This particular judge yelled. He was out of his mind when I was in the courtroom with him. And there's video footage of him just going out of control. Yet the judicial commission that is set to oversee such judges essentially brushed away the complaint. So one of the people that was in the courtroom filed a complaint with the judicial commission to have them look at this and say, look, your own rules say. That when a judge is going to charge someone with contempt of court, when he has the intention to do that, he has to give them a warning. He has to be calm. He has to be cool. He has to essentially point out to this person that, hey, what you're doing will result in you getting a contempt of court charge. Right. And that the didn't judge happen. didn't do that in your case. Your case happened to be in, uh, on a Friday, so they, they packed you away uh, you know, to jail for the weekend. Right. And the judge made this mistake and threw you in jail for supposedly making a mistake of being in contempt. But, but how do you challenge that once well, you're in jail? Where is his jail time is what it I want to know. Happen. The judicial commission said, well, you know, we're, we looked he did at fine. it. It's everything's fine. So you've got that problem in Europe. You've got that problem here because it's a one-size-fits-all system. If you don't like it, too bad. You've got to pay taxes anyway. So uh, what can solve that problem, I think, is not some sort of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic of changing the rules for the judges but to actually change over to a market-based system of arbitration where the arbitrators are competing for your business, where they're competing on the factors of knowledge and the factors of fairness and the factor of speediness and that sort of thing, customer satisfaction, if you will. The current courts, it's just a crapshoot. You know, how's the judge feeling after he got out of bed this morning? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Oh, and we've got a webcam as well. Oh, 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 it's something brand new that I wanted to talk about tonight. We now have the Free Talk Live listen lines. Now, it may sound like only one phone number, but this thing's open to a, apparently an unlimited or significantly large amount of people. So just because I'm giving you one phone line doesn't mean that you, uh, you're going to get a busy signal. You're going to get right through. If you dial one two one seven two three eight six two two zero, and it's on our website at freetalklive.com. But if you go and you dial the listen line, you can call from any phone, anywhere, 
and all you have to pay for is the long distance. So if you've got a cell phone where you get free long distance, then you're just paying for minutes. If you've got one of those unlimited long distance packages, uh, like you might for your business or something like that, I, I've got one of those. Some packages. cell phones have the Wi-Fi connection. Some cell phone packages are unlimited minutes. Yeah. So whatever it costs you to make a Don't call. Don't forget that many um, nights and weekends are unlimited. Free. Yeah, absolutely. So whatever it costs you to make a long distance call is what it's going to cost you to call the Free Talk Live Listen line and listen to our, essentially it's our internet stream, available over any phone anywhere. Pretty cool. The number is 217-238-6220. It's also available for our Liberty Radio Network. You just change the last digit to a 1 and you'll get the Liberty Radio Network. Pretty cool. And uh, it's just, it's great. It's something we've been looking at doing for a long time and the opportunity fell into our lap. It was perfect. And so we uh, we ran with it. And again, the uh, the details are on the tune-in page on the website. So if, we're not going to give that number out every single night just because we've got enough damn numbers that we're giving out with our call-in line. But if you go to freetalklive.com, you'll be able to access that any old time. So punch it into your cell phone and... Uh, and then you can have Free Talk Live wherever you are, even if you don't have like a, like a smartphone, for instance. If you don't have a smartphone, you can't listen to the stream through your phone until until now. Now you just have to call that number, and then it's whatever your long distance rates are. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So lots of ways to listen. FreeTalkLive.com. Go to AudiblePodcast.com and check out. There's more than 60,000 audio books over there for you to uh, peruse through, and you can get one for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You won't get a free one unless you go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, and you can try out their service. It's it's really quite great. These books are not uh, are not abridged. It's the whole thing, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for a free one. So we were talking with Frank in New York. We're going to get back into the calls. I just had one more thought on this because I'd asked you, Mark, darn it, what was the question I'd asked? Because Frank had called in to say he heard on a radio show somebody talking about an experience they had in court where the person was asked what their, their name was, and they responded back with something to the effect of, are you attempting to enter into a contract with me? And I was trying to remember what the exact question I had asked when it was in court. And you said it was, Mark, what was the uh, the question? Are you making an offer? Are or? you making an offer? Which is essentially a rephrasing of, are you attempting to enter into a contract? That was my intention, was to find out if, well, are you asking me to do this? Are you asking this question? Are you calling me up here and you're making an offer? Because the suggestion is that the judge is always making an offer. That uh, what they're doing is always making an offer to you, and that by going along with their rules, going along with their little demands, that you're accepting their offer. There's like an unspoken agreement, essentially, that you're giving your unspoken uh, consent, basically. That's the suggestion there with that. It makes sense. And so it was a simple question. Are you making an offer? Yes or no? Well, he arrested me. Yeah, there was your offer. And so what I'm trying to say here is... Does this mean it doesn't work in all cases? I don't know. I haven't seen it tried enough to really make a determination on that. But one of the things that the people who advocate for this particular uh, position get to get to claim is, oh, well, you didn't do it right. Yeah. So you didn't use the right magic words. And, well, if that's the case, then I want you to show me how to do it right. Show me and everybody else who could benefit from this. Because if there is some magical phrase that will just make a rogue man dismiss a case, which is what Frank said the, the radio caller had claimed, that all he did was ask if uh, he was trying to enter into a contract with him, had to ask it twice, and the judge dismissed the case. If there really is some proof that that is happening, that is something that is possible, I would love to see it. Because normally when you talk to people about this, what they say is, well, uh, you know, we went into a settlement. If, in some cases, they'll claim, well, we, uh, there was a settlement that said that I can't reveal any of that information. 
Oh, yeah, I've got the transcript of the case, but I can't reveal it to you because I'm under agreement with them to not do that. That's very intriguing sounding, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Ooh, wow, you got them to agree that uh, if you just didn't reveal their little scam, that they'd leave you alone? Really? That's quite a claim. Of course, since you can't reveal how you did it, we can't really verify your claims, now can we? So I would love to see some of this stuff working, but I haven't seen the evidence for it. And somebody calling a talk radio show claiming they've done it, not good enough for me. No, it's we've been called with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's generally by people who haven't tried it. Exactly. Themselves. Let's continue, though, and take your phone calls about what you want. Go to Jeff in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, I just want to talk about how corrupt these judges are, especially in the state courts. I mean, I had a lawsuit once uh, against the corporation, and I had made a motion before the court, and in my motion I had referenced previous exhibits that I had on file at the county here. And uh, this particular judge that was ruling on my motion said, well, if you didn't physically attach the exhibits to your motion, then I can't read them even though these exhibits are on file as part of my court docket of actions. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. So in his uh, own court, uh, in the in the clerk's office, he had the information. It just You didn't give it to him. You didn't hand it to him, so therefore it wasn't valid. It's on all their electronic files. And I found out that there's a Supreme Court case, it's called the Haynes case, that says any up unrepresented litigant, which is what I was, that has any defect in their papers, the judge has to give them corrective instructions and give mm. them time to refile. So, I mean... Did he do that? No, no, absolutely not. Just, <laughs> she just said, you know, I found this out after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got shafted. And I think it's just going to... Uh, either there's going to come a point where there's a tipping point where we just say we can't take it anymore, or, you know, we're just going to sink into some kind of big national morass. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Well, I think people should uh, be to the point where they say they're saying they're not going to take it anymore and uh, begin non-cooperating. And as I've said before, you don't need to go in 100%. You don't need to non-cooperate on everything. Having a lot of people, having 100% of the people non-cooperating on 1% of the uh, things would be a big burden for the the government. Having you know 5% of the people cooperating 25 uh, non-cooperating 25% of the time would be pretty burdensome. The more people that can non-cooperate, the more people that will take that risk of saying no to the government's demands and their arbitrary diktats, the better, as far as I'm concerned. But I think. It makes it's going to be a more powerful situation when those people are together in the same place, which is why I believe the Free State Project is the answer to achieving liberty in our lifetime. All right. Well, good luck with that. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. At 800-259-9231. You know, I wanted to add something to this judge conversation that we're having here about these robed men that apparently can do whatever they want. There's actually a provision in the New Hampshire court rules. And there may be some similar provision in your state. It tends to be that the kind of all the Western uh, governments have very similar rules. The numbering system is different, but usually it's essentially boilerplate. One takes the uh, the copy from the other, maybe makes a few changes, and they there's a lot of very similar rules. So right there in the New Hampshire uh, court rules, it basically says that a judge can waive the rules at any time, as long as he has good reason. So it's all right there. I mean, they, they even admitted in their own court rules that, hey, we'll do whatever we want yeah. as long as we have good reason. What and who else gets, is that? Who gets to determine whether it was a good reason? The judge. And who gets to oversee him? His buddies that he plays golf with. So they can do whatever they want, and they admit it right to your face. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a Facebook profile. You can become a fan by going to facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Dot com. And what if you found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Wouldn't you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, Andrew's in Massachusetts, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew. Hi, guys. I have a, three quick questions for you, actually. Okay. And the first is in regarding to setting up a small township and if you know what would be involved and if that might be a better route to achieving liberty um, as opposed to trying to fight um, a, a small liberal government, um, instead trying to set up your own small township with um, maybe no police, no fire, doing it all on a voluntary kind of basis. I've, I've thought about doing this myself, but the fact is uh, you're going to have a very difficult time. Um, I, I don't know what it's like in every state. Some states have these uh, home rule, uh, they're, they're home rule states as they call them. I don't know about Massachusetts. I know that New Hampshire is not one. The charter for a town in New Hampshire comes from the state of New Hampshire. So you'd have to so beg the state for permission. You have to beg that. the state, not to mention that the state I'm certain is going to go to your town who doesn't want to lose uh, you know, the, revenue? The, the property tax revenue that you give them. It, you know the the very useful revenue that you give them for all the b- valuable services that they <laughs> give you um so i i you know i i think that there's some challenges to it honestly i mean i think i may have read some misinformation but in montana i guess they there are what's called unincorporated towns and um i think they don't want uh they don't want those towns to be incorporated i don't know if montana would lend itself to this kind of uh, independent township. There are unincorporated areas, I believe, in New Hampshire. Aren't there places up north, Mark, like have the population one hearts location? Yeah, or they something have things like, like that? that, yeah. So there, there are such things around here. And there's no reason why you couldn't just declare yourself a free town or something like that. Like, uh, you know, have a whole bunch of people move to the same street and then, and then uh, write up a document that says you're all declaring your independence and, and seceding from the town. Uh, I, I don't know. It's all just a bunch of paperwork, right? What really comes to uh, – what really matters is what happens as far as people cooperating with their demands. Because you can write up your own little declaration of independence and say you secede, but when the property tax bill comes around, because they're not going to just not send it to you they're going to believe that you're still part of their town and they're going to send your uh, the property tax bill to you and the question becomes what do you do then i guess it'll be interesting to see how that would play out if if it would play out the way you say or if, or if it could have um a different effect on things but well um, i i'll tell you the the optimum situation would be wherever uh you know whatever uh place allows you to charter yourself uh, whether it's you know as it, i don't know in every state it's going to be different but whatever organization allows you to charter yourself would say, okay, you're a town, go ahead and do what you want. But it sounds like a really unlikely circumstance. It sounds like one would have to put a lot of work and, and money into that situation. And then one has to weigh that against, well, how much uh, are, am I paying in property taxes? You know, it, 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 and who's going to benefit off of it? And, you know, I, I, I think you could, I think that there's, there's some difficulties with it. I've, I, I, I support you, but good luck. Yeah, I think anything that involves asking permission of the establishment is not going to be very successful. Right, the establishment is taking your money and you're giving it to them, okay? And they don't want to not get your money anymore. 
Okay, question two. Uh, two, people for mathematically perfected economy is a uh, proposal for a um, currency that does not have interest, and um, you you pay you pay back what you borrow based on the expected life expectancy. For example, a home. Um, the example is given a hundred year life expectancy. You could pay a home at a thousand dollars a year for the expected life expectancy of a um, hundred years. I don't entirely understand who's going to pay back a loan over a 100-year period. Um, the person taking out the loan. But people don't live 100 years. Right. You, you don't pay based on your, your life expectancy. You pay on the life expectancy of what you're borrowing against. Like um, a car might be 10 years. A home might be 100 years. Okay. There's homes that are, lo- that are older than 100 years up here. Are they free? No, no. Um, it's, it's a... Um, this isn't my proposal. This is um, a currency that I found. I don't necessarily agree with um, this currency, but it is an alternative. And um, I did find it through um, the Liberty Dollar. That doesn't dollar. sound like a it's currency. That sounds like an alternative method for giving a loan out. A currency is, is money. Uh, money is a, you know, it's a go-between. It's a, a medium of exchange. You're, it sounds to me like you're proposing an alternative loan model. Which is, you know, fine, but as Mark says, well, what after, what do you do after that particular term? You know, what do you, how do you deal with a used car? Um, how do you? I don't, I don't actually agree with this. Right, okay, okay, policy. right, right. So I, neither do we. <laughs> I have, okay. I say, well, I don't know whether I agree or disagree. I don't like I, what I'm I hearing. To, I have to hear more, and I have, you know, problems with what I've heard so far. Yeah. Third now, question. Free, free staters uh, as police officers, are there any uh, free stater police officers? No, um, I've, there's, I've heard of one that is uh, thinking about it. He seems to be on the fence as to whether whether or not he wants to move or or, or whatever. Right, so, thanks, guys. Yep, thank you. The uh, the course, the definition of a free stater is t- somebody who makes the move to New Hampshire in order to be an activist for liberty. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. We have a free state friendly police officer here in New Hampshire. His name's Brad Jardis. We've had him on the program in the past, and he's a really great uh, guy. He's the law enforcement mem- uh, law enforcement against prohibition member who's the only current on-duty police officer in the entire country, I think, at this point, who is an, an active member, an, an active member of law enforcement against prohibition, and he's a he's a man who's become more and more principled over time as he's been interacting with free staters and other liberty activists up here, and I think he's an invaluable uh, resource and somebody who I'm really proud to have on our side, and he's beyond all that a really great guy. Yeah, nice guy. Yep. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Nick in New Hampshire. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Nick? Uh, well. I've heard about this uh, this new world order thing and how it will be enacted with this swine flu scare. So I went online, doing my own research, found out a lot, got scared a couple of times, and I'm here in college in New Hampshire, which I like it better up here, and mm-hmm. I'm originally from PA, and I presented it to a friend or that my one of my friends that's a cop down in Pennsylvania, and I presented it to another friend that's right now fighting for our freedom in Afghanistan. Is he really? Yes. How's uh, that? Well, he's in the army. And how's he fighting for freedom? <laughs> well, he's over there defending our freedom. How? My freedom's not in danger. Please go on with your story. Well, okay. Yeah, um, go ahead. Well, so. 
I talked to them, well, how can they enact a, uh, a forcible vaccine? And first coming from my uh, cop in PA, uh, he simply said they don't even have the manpower to enact roadblocks or would even do such a thing. Now, then, but that's just the cops alone, the troopers and the local. Mm-hmm. But they can with military power, no problem at all. And okay. that was said by him, too. Would they also be defending your freedom if they were enacting uh, such things? No. Well, why are they defending your freedom in Afghanistan? Well, uh, Have you ever thought about that before, or were you just uttering a cliché? It's okay if you were. We've all done it. I, I, I was uttering, yeah, I guess I was uttering. I never really thought of it that way. That's okay. Look, about the whole New World Order thing, I'd just like to point out that I don't really know what it is. I've heard people being all frightened about it, and we kind of touched on it earlier where we were talking about there are indeed people who want to control others out there. We know that to be true. Are they all members of the same club? Are they all uh, in agreement on what what way to control people? How to take over the world. No. I I think that the New World Order, as it's portrayed on various different conspiracy radio shows and that sort of thing, is uh, it's kind of a simple oversimplification uh, of the the type of person who has power and who wants to wield it over others. That's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with individuals who want to control others, and they need to be stopped by non-cooperation and other peaceful means. I thank you for the call. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by NestleFamily.com, where nourishing healthy, happy families is filled with fun. Kid favorites like chicken fingers and meatballs can be loaded with fat and calories, but with a few tweaks, you can have a healthy alternative. Instead of frying chicken fingers, bake them. Use ground turkey in place of beef and substitute frozen yogurt for ice cream. Your kids won't miss a thing. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Anything, even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call if you make it right now, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them to you. And if you enjoy this program, you want to help Free Talk Live out, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's the same great Amazon, the prices you're used to. They don't go up when you enter through our uh, our door. It's just uh, basically our portal into Amazon's site. You're familiar with them. They've got free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. And if you need to save a few extra bucks, go with the used option. You can even buy used through Amazon. Dozens of categories, the stuff you're looking for, the stuff you need, the stuff you want. It's all there. Place your order through amazon.freetalklive.com and Free Talk Live will get a cut. We continue with your calls to Steve in New Hampshire. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I just wanted to make a quick comment about, well, I know you guys are on the same network as um, Alex Jones, and uh, I wanted to read a quote, actually. I don't know if you're familiar with Terrence McKenna at all. Uh, yes, vaguely. Uh, he's uh, kind of a spiritual guy, as, as I understand. Yeah, it's, yeah, to some degree. Yeah. I guess you could say that. Um he makes a point about conspiracy theories. I just wanted to quickly read this quote. By all means. It says, he says, um, conspiracy theory, in my humble opinion, is a kind of epistemological cartoon about reality. 
isn't it so simple to believe that things are run by the grays and that all we have to do is trade sufficient fetal tissue to them and then we can solve all our technological problems? Or isn't it comforting to believe that the Jews are behind everything or the Communist Party or the Catholic Church or the Masons? Well, these are epistemological cartoons. It is kindergarten in the art of amateur historiography. So I guess my point is, is that these people that are spending so much time and energy on conspiracy theories really should be putting their energy in in the area that you guys are, positive change and... I, I, I obviously I agree. Um, I'm of the opinion that, uh, that that you know the conspiracy theories tend to suck away people that could be very valuable activists for the ideas of liberty. People who believe in it. Um, some people believe differently that in fact it's the the conspiracy theories that get some people uh, motivated and activated to do things. Uh, I, there's evidence for both sides. I concur. However, aren't we on Free Talk Live just conspiracy theorists that believe that the government is behind every ill? Uh, okay, fair enough. I see your point. I mean, you know, if, if Tariff McKenna's uh, blanket statement there, I, you know, and I agree with it, the, the the examples that he uses, but we kind of say that um, here on Free Talk Live. I mean, every every oh, ill, it seems that's like. not true. Not every ill, but person-on-person person violence. Just the ones we talk about. Person-on-person person violence is not, you know, necessarily government-caused. Um, but I think the, you know, a lot of the problems in the world are caused by the desire of people to control others, yeah. and those people tend to be attracted to positions of government, as government is control of others. It is force. And so I think that uh, you know it's not really a conspiracy theory, because the suggestion of a conspiracy theory is that there are people conspiring, uh, you know, plotting secretly to do things. Oh, they the are. government doesn't plot secretly in many cases. They yeah, just they, do it. They're behind closed doors. I mean, oftentimes they will not yeah, but, let you have the, you know, the freedom of information. They don't want you to get the, their documents that, and stuff. But, but they're not, the, the government's actions in general are not secretive. They're very, very open. It's all out there. More so. Right. I mean, when they're raiding a pl- somebody's home, it, you usually hear about it because the neighbors next door saw it happen. Uh, there's a news report about it. We can find the facts out, at least some of the facts, and we can talk to the, some of the people involved. Uh, I don't know if the government operating openly and being violent towards people is in any way a conspiracy theory. Anyway, that was a response to Mark. Go ahead with your thoughts, sir. No, I, I, well, I would just fear uh, conspiracy theories. Are, I, mean, I, I used to listen to Alex Jones a lot. And uh, until recently, I just found your station, and I find it to be – well, I find that my anxiety has probably gone down quite a bit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, because I, the conspiracy you know. theory view is very defeatist. It's very, uh, you know, we're all going to die. They're going to kill 90% of the world's population. Yeah. Maybe if we can get enough They DVDs. run everything. It seems like every one of the federal agents is controlled by some kind of mind, uh, you know, controlled right. chip in order to uh, be on the same page to do whatever it is that they're doing, um, you know, 9-11 being an inside job or whatever it is that they're, you know, they're, they're all conspiring to do. Right, which... they can cover up 9-11 as an inside job, but they can't uh, get the mail delivered on time, right? The same organization. Yeah. Um, so it's just frustrating. And I got an email, and I wish I could find it. I, uh, somebody sent an email recently, and it's not the first time I've had an email like this, but it was essentially saying that you guys are being too mean to the conspiracy theory people. You know, they are, a lot of them like freedom too. It's just that they're brand new and they're coming in at this particular point. And you sound like one of those examples of people who, you know, you came in at a certain point with finding a, another show that was more conspiratorially oriented. 
you inevitably found us somehow, and now you're here, and now you've come to this position, and it makes more sense to you, and as you're saying, your anxiety has gone away. So I, I'm not saying that there's no, there's no hope for those who've discovered uh, the conspiracy world. It's just that it's a dangerous rabbit hole, as, uh, as Mark has termed it before. And if you get too far down it, it can be pretty hard to get out of, because the conspiracy people... Uh, the promoters of the conspiracies aren't promoting solutions. They're just talking about what they perceive to be the problems to be. And if they're promoting a solution, it's usually, you know, put my DVD in somebody's hands and uh, hopefully if enough people see Don't the DVD. Don't forget stocking up on, uh, uh, you know, the supplies for in yeah. case the, the world crashes. And, It'll change uh, the world. Uh, machine something. guns and, and uh, that kind of thing. So I, I don't... I don't um demean those who have found conspiracy theories. I've believed a few of them myself in the in the past. I, and I, I would say that I fit under the top level of conspiracy theory in that I do believe that there are there is a group or group of people, groups of people that want to control the world and have control of our monetary systems, including the, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the Federal Reserve. Um, you know, I, I think that these people certainly do want to control us. To clarify my position, though, on conspiracy theories and promoting them, what I've always said and what, I mean, what I've been t- intending to say, and perhaps I've mis- miscommunicated it in the past, but what I mean to say is that I don't think it is the most effective way to bring people to liberty. Because people will tell you, the conspiracy guys will tell you, well, I've shown people this DVD and they've come on board. You know, as, you know, pointing out case studies of their friends or, or co-workers that they've managed to convert into believing in their conspiracy theory. And then they would say, well, eventually they might discover liberty or Ron Paul and, you know, that'll lead them in the right direction, et cetera, et cetera. And that all may very well be true. I believe there are, tr- you know, that is true in some cases. But I think on the whole, promoting conspiracy theories alienates more people than it, than it brings in. And I think that talking about real concrete examples of real tyranny, which, by the way, Alex Jones does a great job of doing, uh, covering the police state. I, I think he's, I laud him for that. Uh, but I think co- covering the concrete, realistic examples of man's inhumanity to man and the tyranny of the state is a much more comprehensive and persuasive method. And, of course, also promoting a solution like the Free State Project is a persuasive method of bringing more people on board. Your thoughts? No, I, I completely agree. I, I wish I could say it like you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. For, I've had plenty of practice. And uh, any other thoughts for us tonight? This is no, Free Talk. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Steve. 800-259-9231, unscreened caller on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live Hello, with Ian Mark. This is the Christian Anarchist. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Gene? Well, I just wanted to talk some um, similar uh, vein there. I, I, I don't disagree with you that uh, conspiracy theory is not exactly the best way to go about uh, promoting liberty, but it's not the worst way either. And I think that uh, that I wanted to compare tonight your little excitement, which also I agree with is a pretty good way to promote liberty, which is the uh, marijuana smoke out or whatever you're calling it. Mm-hmm. However... I want to tell you that you sound just like the conspiracy guys when you promote your marijuana smokeout thing, and I, now I, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind the marijuana marijuana smokeout is a great idea, but on on in reality, if you're on the outside looking in, those two things, the conspiracy guys and the marijuana smokeout guys, are pretty much on the same level as far as promoting liberty. And I don't say that they're not valuable. I'm just saying that. You certainly don't see the parallel between the two, and you're kind of prejudiced against one, and you 
you're overly. I don't see the parallel. I have to agree with. I have to say that I I don't see the parallel there because when you're talking about freedom, you're talking when you're talking about the freedom to put something into your body, you don't have to convince somebody of a uh, you know your story, your version of the events. That's what the conspiracy theorists are doing. The, the parallel is that it's only directed towards a very small group of people. Not everybody's going to get all excited about liberty as far as marijuana goes, just like not everybody's going to get excited about liberty as far as exposing the corruption of the people that are trying to control us. So in that regard, they're parallel. And I think uh, Mark sees that. He certainly uh, seemed to get that earlier today. That Mark, did you see that? I, I, I see that uh, the fact is that, um, yes, that the people that are into the conspiracy theories aren't entirely on board the idea of liberty. They're on board with whatever it is that they think is, is the so- solution or whatever. And that pot activists aren't necessarily on, on board with the ideas of liberty. They're on board with there getting marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the That's call tonight, Gene. I appreciate it. Uh, we are out of time, and we'll be back tomorrow night. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And don't forget about the brand new Free Talk Live listen lines. Dial them up any old time. Listen on your phone, 217-238-6220. You can get the number anytime at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes and the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it this is real thousands have already taken advantage of it and you should too don't miss out secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun go to frontsight.com today that's f-r-o-n-t-s-i-g-h-t.com go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun